Well, once again, I want to welcome you to the church this morning. Uh, for those that may not know, my name is Brian Robertson, and I'm the, I'm the lead pastor here at the church. Very gra- glad and grateful for you to worship alongside us this morning. Uh, if you are newer to our church, uh, as Pastor Jason said earlier, uh, I want to extend a special welcome to you, but also let you know that there's a gift that we have for you out in the, wo- uh, the welcome area. There's like a wooden floor in the lobby, and there's some people that would love to get to know you a little bit. Also, if you've got some time, obviously today we've got our fall fest uh, outside, and so we would welcome you to stick around for a little bit, have lunch, and, and maybe get to know some of the other people here in the church family. But we're very, very grateful that you would spend your morning worshiping alongside us as we gather in the name of Jesus, as we do every weekend, to be reminded of who God is and who we are and how we can follow Him more faithfully. We're in the middle of this teaching series that we're calling Full Attention. We're seeking to understand how we can deepen our life with God. Wherever you are in your life with God, wherever you are in the spiritual journey, that you would take a step and have a deeper relationship with God. And we're seeking to understand how we can do that more by giving God our fullest attention. Jesus says in the Scriptures that the greatest commandment in all of the Old Testament, if you sum it all up, you could sum it up by saying to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to learn to love your neighbor as yourself. So this front, front part of the great commandment, to learn to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, uh, that's what we're trying to seek to understand. How do we give God our full attention to seek to not be so distracted that our, our distractions and the various things going on in our life from the, the schedules and the stuff to do during our day can hinder our life with God. And so we're seeking to understand over these next few weeks, how can we discipline ourselves or practice some things that would help us give our full attention to God. We talked about the practice of breath prayer. We talked about the practice of the prayer of examine. And this morning we're going to take one more step at how do we can have a practical discipline or how we can take some practices to train ourselves in the midst of a busy life to pay attention to the working of God in our life. And again, wherever you are in your spiritual journey that you would learn to take steps to deepen your life with God as we learn to pay attention to God more faithfully in and through our days. That's kind of where we're going this morning. Let's pray this morning and ask that God would teach us what he would have us to know. Jesus, we recognize that we come from various backgrounds and from various schedules, and this past week has been uh, good for some and uh, worrisome for others. But for all of us, God, we come before you this morning and we ask, young and old, that you would teach us to give our full attention to you. That you would help us to be trained and knowing how we can grow in our life with you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. In our scripture reading for this morning, it comes from the first uh, chapter of the book of Jeremiah, the prophet in the Older Testament, and God comes to Jeremiah, and he has a task for Jeremiah to do, something for him to, to accomplish. He's to be God's mouthpiece. He's to be a prophet, and yet Jeremiah is discouraged. He doesn't think he's qualified to be a prophet of God, and he's not qualified because he thinks he's too young. He's not qualified because he thinks he doesn't have the ability to speak. He's not eloquent. He doesn't have the words to say. Then God promises him, and he, he kind of allure or kind of uh, disqualifies or dis, uh, kind of dis, what's the word? Discredits, dismisses. There's the word. He dismisses the excuses that Jeremiah would say, and he gives him these two very good promises. Number one, he says, Jeremiah, I'll be with you. So don't worry about it. And the second promise that God gives Jeremiah says, Jeremiah, I'll give you the words to speak. 
So he dismisses Jeremiah's inadequacies and he says, don't worry about it. I'll be with you. I'll give you the words to speak. I have a, a calling for you. I have a job for you to do. And so God comes to him and he tells him and he speaks to him. It was Jeremiah's response not to worry about how it's all going to play out. It wasn't Jeremiah's response to know how it is all going to work out in the end. Jeremiah's response, what his role was to learn to live by faith. To learn to live by faith. It's like Pastor Jake was just saying a few moments ago that God has ultimate wisdom. God sees the big picture. God knows all of the, all to be known. He's got the big picture and he's got the small picture. He knows the greatest big things and he knows every last detail. He knows all that's going on in the world and he knows what's going on in our life. God has perfect knowledge and perfect wisdom. Jeremiah's perspective was to learn to trust in God's perfect wisdom. It's his job to learn to live by faith in the God who has perfect knowledge. And I could say that much about the spiritual life, about growing in the spiritual life, is to learn to trust in God. Learn to trust in His knowledge and in His wisdom, that it is perfect wisdom. That while we have a sliver of wisdom, God has perfect knowledge of every situation that may ever come before us. And so our job in the spiritual life is to grow in our aspect of faith in the one who has perfect wisdom. The one who has perfect wisdom. So as you look at the calling of Jeremiah in this first couple chapters, the first chapter, first few verses in the book of Jeremiah, we consider this morning how we can turn our attention off of our excuses, off of our inadequacies, off of all the things that may distract us. How can we turn our attention onto the God of the universe, the one who has perfect knowledge over everything, to de- develop a deeper and ro- more robust life with God in the here and now? The first thing I want us to notice is that the word of the Lord comes to us. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah in this opening chapter of his book here. And that phrase, the word of the Lord came to me, happens at least three times in these first few verses. It may be four, depending on the translation issue, but at least three separate times, the word of the Lord came to me happens in these first few verses. The word of the Lord spoke to me. God spoke to Jeremiah. He has a way of coming to him. And before we get just jumping in too far, I want to say a few things about how it is that the word of the Lord comes to us. Whenever God speaks, whenever it happens, He speaks out of His grace. It's all by grace. It's not because you can coerce God to to say what you want Him to say. You can't manipulate Him. You can't get Him to speak when you want Him to speak, how you want Him to speak. Whenever God speaks to you, whenever He speaks to us in an individual thing or in a big grouping, whenever God speaks, it's always by His grace. Always. Our role when God speaks, just like Jeremiah's role, is not to manipulate or to know everything ourselves, but our role is to remain receptive, to hear, to listen, because God will indeed speak. When God spoke to Jeremiah, Jeremiah's role was to listen. And what, what we learn in the first opening chapters of Jeremiah would give us the possibility, and I would say the anticipation, that God may indeed speak to you in some way. That God may indeed be speaking to you in some specific way. Your job is not to make him speak to you. Your job is not to get yourself in a situation where God has to speak. Your job, just like Jeremiah's, is to remain receptive 
open to hearing when the Lord speaks. And just so I'm kind of uh, clear on a few things, let me say a few things that we learned about God speaking throughout the prophet Jeremiah's story, throughout all of Scripture, and just a few things to highlight here. The first thing is that when God speaks, again, it's always His grace, but He continues to speak today. He's alive and He's active in the created world around us. He spoke through the Scriptures. He continues to speak to us in the written Scriptures that we have before us. He has spoken throughout history, through people, through community, through friendships, through Christian friendships where He can speak to us through another person. And He continues to speak to us today. There's no evidence whatsoever that God has ceased speaking to His people. There's no evidence that God stopped at some point he was going to speak, and then he's just been silent forever. There's no evidence that we have of that. Now, my friends, God is speaking. The question isn't, is he speaking? The question is, are you receptive to hear him? Are you receptive to hear him? The first thing I want us to know is that God is speaking. The second thing is that God speaks to us personally. Personally. It very well may be that God has a word for us as a collective body. God may have a word for a crossroads church that may be true, but oftentimes God has a word for you. He may have a word specifically, personally, for you. God spoke to Jeremiah specifically. He came to him personally, to an ordinary guy like Jeremiah. We talked about the ordinariness last week a little bit with Moses. But recognize Jeremiah is just a young boy. At this point, yet the word of the Lord comes to him and calls him by name. By name. Which means, occasionally, God's going to have a word for you. Specifically, you. In your circumstances, in your issues, what you're struggling with, what you're worried about today, God may indeed have a word specifically, personally, for you. And he may address you by name. Third quick thing is that God speaks. Whenever he speaks, it's always by his grace, but it's also in order to strengthen and encourage you for the call that he has for you. It may be to encourage or strengthen you to, for whatever he has called before you, whatever plan he has for you. For Jeremiah, it was the calling to be a prophet. And while you and I may not be called to be prophets, we may not all be called to be leaders in the church, he has a purpose and a plan for each one of you. And he will send his word to you privately and personally to encourage you and strengthen you when you doubt what he has for you. When you doubt the calling he has laid before you, he will speak directly to you to encourage and strengthen you to be courageously obedient to the calling he has for you in your particular area. He may not be calling you to the thing he's calling me to. He may not be calling you to the thing he's calling your friend to. But he is calling and has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us. And the, and the purpose of when he comes and speaks is to encourage and strengthen because oftentimes we doubt. We doubt. Fourth quick principle, and that is when God speaks repeatedly to us. God speaks repeatedly. For Jeremiah, God would speak to him not only in this instance, but he would speak to him over the course of 40 plus years. That he would continually come and speak to Jeremiah. And here's what I just want you to know. It's not just that God is continually speaking. It's not like God is an eternal chatterbox in your ear just going, like that kind of stuff. But God is continually speaking all throughout our years. 
And a growing maturity in God's, in a God's kingdom in a life with God would be that we would recognize His voice. Not a one-time occurrence that God spoke to me once, but that God is recurring or re- returning to speak to me again and again, deepening my life with Him, encouraging me and strengthening me. And it can transform my whole life when I recognize that God continually speaks. And He may speak to you personally. He may speak to you privately. He may call you by name, but it will always be to encourage and strengthen you. And it may not just happen just once, but as we deepen our life with God, it will continue to happen as we mature in our life with God. The word of the Lord comes to us, speaks to us. But how might he do that? And this morning, I'm going to look at just one area of how God may come to us, how the word of the Lord may come to us using Jeremiah's story. And that is that sometimes... God comes to us by what we see. By what we see. God comes to us through our physical sight. God comes to Jeremiah, calls him, and he says, what do you see, Jeremiah? Open your eyes and tell me what you see. And Jeremiah tells him, he sees this branch of an almond tree. He says, it's right. And this implies here that the created world itself, the creation itself can be a means by which God can speak to you through the created world itself. It might be through the created world that God gets your attention and speaks to you. I've heard it said that the whole world is pregnant with the Word of God, if only we had eyes to see it. If only we had the eyes to see it. One of the ways that you can cultivate an ongoing awareness of God and to deepen your life with Him, to full your attention on Him, is to open your eyes to the created world all around you. All around you. While we were on a mission trip to Honduras this past summer, we hiked up to the top of the ridge, this ridge that overlooked the lake and all the rainforest around us. is like 360 degrees. Wherever you looked, you saw all of God's wonderful creation. And all of us that stood up on top of this ridge for a few moments, we just stood there. And for a while, we were just silent. Because the awesome creation of God was loudly speaking of who God is. The glory of God shone around us and you couldn't escape it. Couldn't escape it. And you don't have to go to Honduras to experience that because the same God created the stuff in Honduras that created the stuff right here. The sunrise that if you were awake up enough early this morning, you could see the sunset later on this afternoon, the freshness of a new day. The same God who created the mountains and the, and the trees and the lakes in Honduras is the same God that put this world together right here and the same God that knit you together before you were born. He formed you together in your mother's womb. The same God who speaks to us throughout all of creation is speaking to us even now are we receptive do we hear it do we see him the point is to be acutely aware of god's creative nature that in our everyday life the character and the quality and the existence of god is seen throughout all of creation and no one's without excuse because we can all see it the evidence of god is made plain to us David in the Psalm writing, uh, in the Psalm 19 writes this, the heavens are declaring the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. Friends, creation itself is to draw your attention back to the glory of God. 
It is meant to be a foretaste of who God is, to draw your attention back to the majesty and the glory and the wonder of the God who made you and who created you, who breathed life into you, who knit you together. Creation itself is a way in which God speaks to us through our physical sight. But we also see with spiritual eyes. We see beyond the physical stuff, beyond the physical reality, and we see deeper and the deeper meaning that God is drawing us to. The Holy Spirit takes the truth of God, the the God that we can see all around us, and the Holy Spirit nudges us to a deeper meaning of that which we can just plainly see on the surface and to give us spiritual eyes to see what is really going on, to give us spiritual sight. We see this kind of spiritual sight in the scriptures when people are given visions or given a mental image or or a picture of what God is really doing. They see the physical aspect of what's going on on the surface, but they're given spiritual insight to what is going on, really going on in the spiritual world and the spiritual lenses that we can see things through. They're given a mental picture of spiritual truth or even a dream to understand things. And again, when God speaks to us by giving us spiritual sight beyond the surface and spiritual truth of what's going on, that's all grace. That's all grace. And wherever you are on the spiritual journey, whether you've been following Jesus for three minutes or for 30 years, this morning I would ask that you pray that God would open your spiritual eyes to see beyond the surface of what's going on in the world and to see the reality of God all throughout your day. To open your spiritual eyes and see. See. It's entirely possible, though, that through our stubbornness and our busyness and our hectic lives that we can remain, what, like spiritually blind. We can have blockers on or blinders on. None of us are immune to it. We all live with the same kind of temptations. But there's a remedy to this eye disease of unable to see spiritually well. And that is to just simply recognize our arrogance and to humbly repent and ask the Lord to give us eyes to see. To simply ask the Lord to give us eyes to see. The created world and the spiritual life around us is all there for us to see if we have eyes to see. And you can't force it. You can't make yourself do it. It's all an act of grace. So the best thing we can do is simply ask the Lord to give us eyes that can see beyond the physical and see the spiritual reality of what's going on. And while it's all grace, while it's all God's gift to us, clear vision is not something we should take for granted. It's not something we should just go, yeah, I guess that's going to happen all the time. We need to remain receptive, as Jesus shares in one of his parables, that we ought to remain having good soil. So when the seed comes to us, there's good enough soil to receive it. When the word of the Lord comes to us, we have good enough receptivity and humility that we can receive and understand what God is trying to say to us. And in order to have eyes to see, I've got three very quick suggestions for us. And the first is we need to make sure that our lens is clear. Make sure that our eyes are clean and clear. Listen to Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 6. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. We should just be really honest about this for a second. Our spiritual well-being is adversely affected when we allow our eyes 
to view and to dwell on things that are contrary to the kingdom of God. When we allow our eyes to view and to dwell on things, when we take inside of ourselves that which we look at, look at and dwell upon, then our spiritual life can be adversely affected. Our ability to be receptive to what God is telling us may be impacted by what we, stay, what we look at and what we allow to come into our eyes. What we see on television and in movies and in the social media that is around us, what we tend to grapple towards may have an aspect of adverse inf- impact on our life with God. We just need to be honest with this. If we're going to grow in our ability to see and to hear from God and to have spiritual eyes that to see the world as it is, and if we are going to do that, we are going to have to guard our eyes. What we dwell on, what we look at, where our eyes go, we are going to need to, need to guard our eyes. Second way in which we can remain receptive to what having visual or, or a spiritual eyesight or spiritual sight to see what's going on, and that is to nurture childlike wonder. Childlike wonder. It's important for us to mature and to gain knowledge and to grow up, that's for sure. But sometimes knowledge can give us the illusion that we've mastered a subject. We go into it, we study it as much as we can, and it gives us the illusion that we've studied it and enough and we've mastered it. And when it comes to matters of the spiritual life, it's important for us to push against this desire or this temptation to kind of master God or master the spiritual life and to cultivate and nurture a childlike wonder about God and about His kingdom and about who He is and our life with Him to nurture humility, to not assume that we have it all figured out, but to nurture childlike wonder. Again, Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 18. I tell you, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. There's a humility that comes with childlike wonder where, where children are aware of how much they don't know. And they ask why questions all the time because they're just wondering they don't know and they just want to know a humble and childlike heart allows us to remain teachable and moldable a desire to know God to recognize we don't have perfect information or perfect wisdom but God does and so humility and childlike wonder allows us to want to know him deeply and to ask God questions and to remain teachable we might be given sight Third quick suggestion, and this is where the practical and very practical uh, disciplines come to fruition here. And my suggestion for us today even, maybe this week but for today, that you and I we will learn to take an awareness walk. Take an awareness walk. And you, again, you can do this today, this afternoon. Jesus told his disciples to be aware of the world around them. Because it spoke of God. Truths of God can be seen in the created world around you. When you witness creation, when the Spirit comes in and illuminates your vision to get you past the surface things and gives you clarity about what's going on, you can see the truths about God throughout all of creation. So take a walk today and be aware of the created world around you. Jesus tells his disciples, take a look at the birds of the air. You can learn something from them. Take a look at the lilies in the field. You can learn something from them. Truths about God, in other words, are all around us if we only had eyes to see. So here's the practice. Take a walk. 
today. Better yet, take a walk every day this week. Purposefully take a walk with your eyes open to the created world around you. Use all of your senses. Gather around what you see, what you feel, what you smell. Gather all your senses around. Pay attention to them. And when something grabs your attention, then ponder its meaning. Maybe there's some truth of God that you can see all around you and ask that the Lord would, would inspire your spiritual eyes to see around you, to really see. An awareness walk is a really great way which you can deepen your life with God. It doesn't take long to just take a five-minute walk. When you're walking from your office to your car even, walk with your eyes open this week. Ask the Spirit of God to open your spiritual eyes to not just see the birds, but to see what can the birds teach me about the living God that I worship. To not just see the grass or not just see the leaves changing colors, but what do the leaves changing colors in the grass teach me about the wonderful, awesome, triune, everlasting God Himself? And ask that the Holy Spirit open your spiritual eyes this week. And as we go through this, I just believe that God's going to speak to you. Or He's going to speak to some of us this week. So here's what I'm asking. Go on a walk today or go on a walk this week. And when you do, if the Lord's speaking to you, if He illuminates some truth to you, if He speaks to you in some way, would you tell me? Shoot me a text message, send me a, a voicemail, or call the church office, tell me. How did, the God speak, how did God speak to you in the midst of your awareness walk? How did the created world remind you of God's goodness? Because I just believe if you do this, that for some of you, God's going to speak. And it may be the first time you've heard him say something. Or it may be the hundredth. But it's going to be fresh and new and exciting. Your job is just to receive it. Just to receive it. Well, this morning we come to the Lord's table. And it's good for us to come as a church family. To come and receive again the bread and the cup of Jesus. And we come to the Lord's table, we practice open communion at Crossroads, which means if you're a follower of Jesus, we invite you to come. You don't have to be a a participant, you don't have to be a a member or anything else, we just invite you to come. If you follow Jesus with your life, we invite you, this table is a table for us. So we invite you to come and celebrate with us. In a moment, you're going to be dismissed from the backs of your sections. You're going to come up on the right-hand side of your section, kind of hug the side of your section, come up front. front. There'll be four stations up here. You can take the bread, and you can take the cup, and you can circle back around your section, kind of make a circle around each section, go back to your chair. You can eat the bread and drink the cup at whatever time you want to. But this morning, as you come and take communion, I'm going to ask that you come, and you ask the Lord for spiritual eyes to see that the bread isn't just bread. And that the cup isn't just juice. That they represent for us the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus who took on Himself the pain and the suffering and the death of this world so that we may have eternal life. So that we see not, the physical, not just the physical reality, but that the Lord would open your spiritual eyes and would remind you of some truth that you need to be reminded of this morning. That He may indeed speak to you even in these moments. Even in these moments. As always, if you have an issue or a problem or or some worry or something that is kind of bearing down on you and you want us to pray for you, we'll be praying. There'll be people on either side of the worship center at the kneeling rails here. We would love to pray with you 
to pray for you. If there's an ailment that you want us to anoint you with oil, we'll anoint you with oil and we'll just pray that God would continue to move and to speak and to be present in your life. But we meet Jesus in these moments. And our prayer is that we would be receptive to what He is saying to us. Even this morning. If you would bow your heads and close your eyes, the Apostle Paul tells us to when we come to the table that we come with reflection. It's not to reflect to see if we are worthy of this meal because this meal is a meal for sinners. A meal for people who need, who need a Savior. For all of us. But it's a reflection to realize the sacredness of this meal. That this bread represents the body of Christ which is given for you. And this juice, this cup was representing the blood of Christ which is poured out for you. And may we come with eyes to see. Hearts that are receptive. If you're serving communion, you can come and get ready at this time. And in a moment, we'll lead you through the communion liturgy and the screens. But just take a moment to reflect on this sacredness of the meal.